Hello and welcome to the first Blues Talk of the postseason. Today, a very special season review. We'll be looking back at a slightly unique 12 months here at St Andrews Trillium Trophy Stadium. As well as that, we'll uh, have a little bit of a look back at our Player Awards 2019. And we are joined by the man known as Dutch Mike. Michael Kiftenbeld is our guest on Blues Talk. The Blues Talk podcast with Dale Moon and Callum Denning. Right, Dale, I think we better start this week with a little bit of an apology. Let's get it out in the open now. We are sounding rough. I feel great. I feel battered I by hay I feel well below average at this point. But mine is self-inflicted. The first of four stag do's um, is ticked off. Budapest. I uh, had to sit with a load of Villa fans and watch the West Brom Villa game. Mm. Traumatic experience. Emotions were kept in check, though. I was respectful. Stuff. Well played. Disappointed with the result, but there we go. But now, nah. so yeah, that was good. Uh, managed to get my first break of the summer away, so um, that's why the bit of a hoarse voice on my behalf today. What's your excuse? Flowers, flowers, mm, flowers are, are killing you. Absolutely crushing me. Are you grass pollen, flower pollen, or tree pollen? Tree pollen. Tree you pollen's know that? on the me. Yeah. How do you know that? I don't know. <laughs> in all honesty, I've just always said it. Just I, th- tree I think pollen? it's just kind of I've existed. It made it into. I don't even know what I'm saying. I'm that. Yeah, that bad today. Yeah, yes, I've willed it into great. existence. But it doesn't matter how we sound; it's what we come out with. It's the content, mm. and uh, the season's done. The <laughs> yeah. season is done. The content's done. The players have disappeared. Uh huh. Dubai, Vegas, Marbella, Bali. I've seen it all. I'm quite and jealous. Here we are, holding the fort at St Andrews in Borsley Green. <laughs> Absolutely, wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Exactly, the cost of our small heath. Yeah. Anyway, it's been a, as I said in the intro, there a slightly unique season. I don't think. I mean, well, I know we haven't seen one like that at Blues ever. Mm. We're probably not likely, famous last words, to ever see one like it again. No. 17th in the table, but with that, a nine-point deduction. Everyone is unified from us, the players, the uh, coaching staff, the fans. It seems like everyone now is part of that one-club mentality. But I don't know how to describe yeah, it. So it's, it's any cool. other year, talking about a 17th place finish. Yeah. People wouldn't be as as chirpy as no. as we are. No, but it just goes to show what the priorities were of the supporters, the manager himself. I think he came into not a broken club, but a fractured club, one that where that relationship. I mean, we spoke about it so many times, and the manager has as well. So I don't want to labour on the point too much, but I think that's has been the big success. Um, just the closeness, the unity, and he did lay the have laid the foundations now to kick on this season uh, in this forthcoming season. Um, you know, you just look at the playoffs and how strong some of the teams are. It's such a, and it is an amazingly competitive uh, competition, division, the championship. So um, for us to do all the great stuff that's happened off the pitch, to bring everyone together and record some fantastic results mm-hmm. home and away this season. I think you speak to most Blues fans. I mean, speaking to the supporter of the season I know we're coming on to the awards but Tony's been covering the club home and away for many many years and he said this has been the most enjoyable one whereas you think some of the seasons we've had 
since you know, promo- even before the promotion to the Premier League. So if you go back twenty years, say, there's been some pretty memorable seasons going to Europe and the yeah, promotions, Houghton. And, uh, you know, the the tenth and thirteenth place finishes, and um, yet he said this one is his most enjoyable, which I found quite telling, really. Uh, it's more than just what happens on the pitch. It's the whole mood around the club. And yeah, that's been a huge positive, a huge step forward this year. There's been some great moments as well. I mean, we'll touch on them a little bit more in detail in a moment. But you look at matches like Rotherham, home and away. Yeah. Two very comfortable victories in the end, um, particularly with the away one. Um, Preston, Michael Kiftenbaud, our guest this week, scoring from 45 yards. <laughs> A goal that will never be repeated, I'm sure. No. Here it's not going to make that, like the goals, the highlights real, I don't think. It was my shout for goal this season. I don't think it made the end of the season montage either. No, I'll I don't think it, it did, actually. Should have um, done, actually. Yeah, I enjoyed the critique. Stoke games, actually. Yeah, both of them. Especially you know, in front of a sellout crowd, yeah. Yeah, Boxing Day, at home, bit of needle between yeah. ourselves and Stoke, but yeah, to win it. Jack McGomer's finish was fantastic as well. Mm. And then Bogle <laughs> Omar Bogle, who's won an only goal for the club, it was absolute. We said yesterday, just having a chat here, if you're only going to score one goal for Blues, I think that is one that you do want to score. From distance, top corner. Yeah, fair play to Not going to hit a ball sweeter than that. QPR away was just a a crazy game. I'm still recovering. My heart, now you've said QPR, my heart rate's going. I feel a little bit on edge. QPR was a a crazy one. See, there's just memorable games that you think back to. I'm sure there's a few that we've missed, but... um, even when we started that season and didn't win for however many games and even then the paddock button wasn't really pressed I think everyone felt you know, I had a lot of friends who don't support the club and are asking me like, what's happened to Blues like eight games in or nine however many it was can't buy a win and you sound like a bit of a broken record and I think they think you're mad when you're saying you know what we're actually playing very well like, yeah. I'm not too bothered here I know, of course you want to win games but it wasn't as if you know we were getting popped off the pitch or we wasn't in games. It was just those little final fine margins that managers talk about weren't quite falling for us. But you always believe that because they were performing so well that results would turn and they did and we won a fantastic run. That home the home form was great. I forget how many games it was we were unbeaten here. If you go back to last year as well. It's from the gaffers first so like game, 15, wasn't it? Middlesbrough, yeah, something like that. Maybe more. Um so that's great just to you know, you always want to impress the home crowd, people that come down here week in, week out, make sure that we're in games and we had a great run at home as well. But then away from home, I mean, I'm looking now at, I think Colin Tatham, head of comms, pulled this article together, the Stat, Stat Attack, Attack one. Yeah, that was on the, the club website. <clears throat> and when you look at the fact that, you know, we scored 33 goals away from home compared to 31 here at St Andrews. We won three games under Steve Cotchell yeah. at home. Not to, not solely putting the blame on Steve Cotchell, but we, we just won three games in that season. Yet we've scored more goals away from home this year than we did at home. Uh-huh. Um, and I just think there's been strides, you know, a seven, seven season high in terms of the goals scored this year which is a massive plus because I think we've always felt that we were short of goals short of having that got a prolific goal scorer we found one in Shea this year but Lukas Zhukovic as well I'd say yeah Duke as well has been prolific yeah, phenomenal with his 14 um, so to, to score as many as we have to win as many as we have on the road to have that run at home I mean there's so many positives you can point to and yet like you say we sit here in, in 17th place having achieved nothing in terms of a player you know our season's finished now Um but huge positives this season. Mm-hmm. Where do we go now? That's the question. Well, for now, I, just the to give you a nice close question there. <laughs> no, it's fine. The pl- <laughs> Cheers, Carl. <laughs> the players will disappear for a couple of weeks and then they'll come back in. I think there'll be odd days put on, as Rushy said uh, in our podcast last time out, um, where the players can 
come in if they want to come in and just keep themselves ticking over. But I think now lots of documented about how professional footballers look after themselves in the off season. Gone are the days where they put bin bags on under their their tops and try and sweat just out sweat out all the beer. Yeah. Um, so I think they'll come back in towards the end of June, won't they? But yeah, it, it remains to be seen how much work's done with the gaffer and moulding the new squad now. I mean, mm-hmm. he's when you listen to the last few quotes when he were when he was around before they all disappeared at the end of the season, still downplaying the fact there's not going to be a massive squad overhaul. I think he's he's conscious that we've got a great dressing room spirit there and the core of the squad can remain that. He don't want to break that up. So it's adding the little bits to it, the, the probably the missing pieces. I don't know how many players it might be. There'll be some that go out the door as well, I'm sure. Um, so it's it's going to be, um, it'd be an interesting one. And I think stylistically it'll be interesting as well. Does he stick with what we've been? You know, yeah. Being a direct, well-organised, tough side to beat who look to catch teams on the counter-attack when we can with, with wingers, ball carriers out wide. Um, or does he change it a bit? Does he change it from the four four two? I mean, we've been four four two for the vast ninety eight percent of the games. Yeah. We probably played four four two. We switched to a diamond for what three or four games. Yeah. You know, does he have a little look at that? Does he look at something completely different? It all remains to be seen. So I'm sure they'll be going through that thought process now. He'll have a clear idea as to what he wants, and um, you know, the recruitment side of the club, the analysis will still be going on in terms of having a look at players and shortlisting what they could potentially bring to the club. So it all remains to be um, to be seen which way, which direction we're going to go in. But it's quite exciting. I mean, like I say, the core's there. Now let's add the little missing pieces and see if we can progress on what was a great season already. I'm enjoying the renewed optimism around the club. Mm. I mean, there's no one sat here, I'm speaking for myself, thinking, oh, next season it's going to be a struggle. We're, you know, I'm not really looking and, forward and to I it. Also like the f- and I also like the fact that fans aren't sitting here going, we're going to go and win the league next yeah. year. I think one thing about our support is there's a realism. They understand the landscape that's a championship and where we've been and come from. Uh-huh. You know, it's been such a, like a tough five, ten years. Um, and they, you can see just the quality and the money being spent now in the second tier is what the Premier League was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, we don't know the, the intricate details of that financial situation. You know, we're still under some form of structure that we have to adhere to I don't know the details of it but I'm sure that will have um, an impact on what we can and can't do in terms of manoeuvre in the summer the future of Shea Adams you know, everyone hopes he stays at the club he's constantly being linked to I hate reading him but constantly being yeah. linked away I'm sure that will be ramped up throughout the summer as well but again you want to keep hold of your best players and if you want to progress you like to um, you like to think that you can you can build a side around that sort of talent so all, all still question marks still early on in the summer but I'm sure in the next four to six weeks, uh, some of those questions will be answered. Well, speaking of Shea, uh, he cleaned up at the Player Awards. Four awards to his name mm-hmm. from memory. Is that yeah, correct? Fans correct. player, players, yeah. player, top goal scorer, yeah. goal of the season. Yeah, all four. There you go, great memory. Yeah, all four. And you can't begrudge him. He's no. a record breaker, first first player since Steve Claridge. Scored more than 20 goals. He was probably my goal of the season vote as well at Swansea. We had conversations in yeah, the office, didn't we? We did. Dukey's header at Forest is a fantastic header. Hotter as well at home to Forest. Yeah. Excellent goal. As a team move yeah. to flick it, to flick it, uh-huh. and volley it back across goal, or half volley it back across goal. Um, but I thought the trajectory on that Shea finish and the context of the game, I mean, yeah. I th- we were down to 10 men at that point. We were. 
and then yeah, Mags just went back t-shirt. to two all, had we? At that yeah, point, yeah. Um, and then just you know, cut inside and then absolutely swaz one inside the post to get it up and down, straight into um, the away end. Yeah, that's yeah, that's where most of them end up. But yeah, so that was probably my vote for goal of the season. Now I can appreciate the vast swathes of people that were online saying Lucas Yukovic's yeah. header at Forest because that was. I mean, so he was at full stretch. He almost jumped like a pencil, didn't he? Like out towards uh-huh. the right hand side. He was straight body and managed to guide. Don't know that, how he does it. Guide the that shades header. of his first season, where everything he touched with his head hit the back of the yeah, net. I remember wanting it Sheffield Wednesday. I remember wanting it Stockdale actually yeah. here. Yeah, yeah against yeah, Brighton. Zola's first game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think he deserved that one. Top goal scorer was was done uh-huh. a few months ago. Despite Morrow and Juki yeah. giving it their best efforts. Yeah, I found it. Uh, interesting how close the voting was between Shay and Juki for supporters. Incredibly close, yeah. Was it 39 and 41? It was something ridiculously I close. I think it, like was, that, it yeah. was 39 and 41 and the rest were between Kifton Bell and Colin uh-huh. and whoever else. But those two, um, yeah, 2% between the winner and second place, which goes to show the appreciation that Lukas Jukovic has got this year. We sing his praises, yeah. don't we, all the time, mm-hmm. both on this podcast and away from it as well. But um, nice that the fans see that as well. Um, and another season... Juki probably scoops a few awards. He could easily have one goal. I was going to say, yeah. Easy one top goal scorer. And... Behind the scenes, we were saying that. When we started to get the results and it became clear that, you know, Shea had done it, but just how close it had been, we were saying, Juki, any other year, last season, everything would have been going his way. Yeah. It just shows just how quality uh, those yeah. front two have been yeah. this season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so he's a bit unfortunate, Juki, but nice that um, at the awards ceremony, he got his own little segment just to show the appreciation. Uh, the manager is keen, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, to show his appreciation to Juki as well because not just the goals and the ten assists but in terms of how we play we're a different team when he's not in in the side and he goes to show I mean what, was it nine nine players have played 40 plus games I think Colin Tatton was asking yeah. the gaffer it's quite some stat and he's one of the, the most important ones to get him on the pitch because um you know he is that target man I've rarely you rarely find that he loses a header he holds the ball up particularly well. He gets himself in between the goalposts when the ball's put out wide. Uh, he links up with Shea. I mean, there's, there's a couple of goals this season where he's linked up with Shea. It's one against Middlesbrough, I think, down here. Um, at the... Is it Middlesbrough Forest? One where he turns it round the corner. It comes into Duke. Yeah. He literally sets it. And then Shea turns and whips it into the far I think corner. that was Borough, yeah. And that was a fantastic goal. And then there's one away from home where I think it goes into Shea. He slips. I think it's Wigan away. Uh-huh. Turns it round the corner to Duke, lays it back to yes, him. The two of them yeah. have that partnership. I mean, they've been here for a Leeds. few years together now. Yeah. With the Leeds goal, little um, little dummy from Duke has the awareness, and, and Shay does the rest. But they, they've formed such a partnership this season, complement each other in terms of their skill sets particularly well. Um, so I think it's right that that Duke got the praises he deserved, and Shay scooped all for awards. I know it's, I think fans want to see awards being shared out sometimes. Yeah. I can understand that, but. Yeah, well, we heard the Duke chants all night as well. <laughs> I mean, the man was incredibly popular. One of the um, freelance guys that we had in, so I had a f- few freelance people producing it. This is all very boring behind the scenes mm-hmm. talk. One of them buzzed in my ear as um, they were doing the nominations for Player's Player. Like, why are they booing every time they read <laughs> Jukovic's name? Because obviously they're all shouting, Duke. Yeah. yeah so, um, yeah, that was interesting to explain. Yeah, yeah. If but you yeah, didn't know that, you would think... But that's how loud it was. That's how popular he was on the night. I think it's one of the biggest cheers. And Gary Monk got the gaffer. Obviously, got a big one when he when he was he entered the stage. Um, But the Dukes are probably up there. Yeah, big fans' favourite. Been here for a few years now, hasn't Mm -hmm. he? Um, So yeah, he was one of a a few um, highlights on the on the day. I think the players had a good time. 
both on the night and the day before. Yeah. Uh, quite rightly let their hair down, I think, straight after the Reading game. And then the season awards the following day as well. So sure it'll be a few sore heads in the days after that. But they have a couple of weeks off now. And then I'm um, sure they'll start to just tick over and look ahead to next year. Well, another man who was uh, recognised at the Player Awards this year is Michael Kiftenbauer. He was chosen as the Men's Community Ambassador of the Year. And before we sit down and have a chat with him, just a quick note to say how much he has done for this club and the community over the past season and indeed since he signed. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think when we interviewed Keith backstage at the awards, I think one of the questions I put to him was how fitting is it that the number of people you've visited this season on behalf of the club um, have been sick, injured, ill and uh, a few of them had come up to Keith on the night uh, who was okay, Keith obviously on crutches following his operation uh, and they were almost visiting him there was some like poetic sort of yeah. symmetry there uh, but he's just a fantastic ambassador for this football club he embodies everything that it's about I mean Keith them, Keith's been here it's summer of 2015 he joined yeah so this would be four years this summer. Um, and, uh, you know, the battling, dogged, gritty qualities that he brings onto the pitch uh, is offset by this smiley, jovial, friendly character off it. And I just think uh, fans appreciate a player who just leaves everything out there. You can forgive ability or lack of it. Um, you can forgive a player, um, you know, who hasn't got the perfect touch or can see a pass or can do the things that, Trevor Francis, Christoph Duger, he could do. But you look down the fans' favourites, certainly since I've been watching Blues, your Savages, your Horsefields, your Grangers. Yeah. Uh, they're all of the mould of those that are just heart on their sleeve, give everything for the team, leave it out there, leaders. And Keith has been appreciated by the supporters. And I think, you know, we'll, as we'll allude to in this discussion, he was a signature away from leaving this football club. Yeah. And you look at the contribution he's made this season. Um, it'd have been a travesty if that went through. Mm. Um, bizarre circumstances. I mean, I remember sitting in the, I remember sitting in the office at Wastills transfer deadline day at about eleven p.m. and uh, it was done. But I mean, we, as far as we're concerned, it was a done deal. He was gone. Both clubs announced. Yeah, it. we'd announced it on our official club channels, and so that was it. And it was you know with a heavy heart then, and then we're hearing at like two o'clock. I'm getting messages in the morning. It's not quite been ratified. Rumbles on to the 10 o'clock following day, following couple of days. You start to think it's not going to happen. So then he's, so then how difficult is that situation for him? And he'll, I'm sure, we'll talk about that. But what a great player, great ambassador for the club, quite rightly deserved that award. Just an all-round good guy and a proper fan's favourite. Well, enough from us. Let's hear from the man himself. Dutch Mike, I think we uh, we said at the Player Awards to take the fan's phrase. Michael Kiffnabell joins us on Blues Talk. The Blues Talk Podcast. Keith, thank you for joining us on your crutches. You made the walk up from the, from the physio's room, so I appreciate you taking the time out this afternoon. The sun's beaming outside and here we are cooped up. But, In a dark um, room as yeah. well, by the way. Blinds yeah, yeah. closed. Blinds yeah. closed. It's dingy. But um, how's things, mate? Good? Good. 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 Yeah. Started my rehab now four weeks ago. Good, man. Goes well. Yeah. Goes slow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, that's a hard part. You want to go quicker, but now it's going going all right. Yeah. So how soon after the in- first of all, let's start about the injury itself. So, what are your memories now of the injury and when it happened? Um, when it happened, it didn't really feel like it was that bad. Right. And it wasn't in a lot of pain. But when I see it back, 
I'm grab my knee straight away and I'm looking like it like oh this is bad mm-hmm. but when it happened I couldn't remember it like that so it's a bit weird and then uh, I wasn't worried at all I felt it wasn't right but then Pete the physio came over and he felt my knee and he went to the gaffer like he needs to come off and that was the point I was getting worried, <laughs> to be mm-hmm. honest, because normally he would ask Keith, are you right? Can you bend it? Can you do anything? But he never asked me. No. <laughs> so I had to come off, and then I was worried. And then, yeah, we found out really soon it was my issue. So. How was your immediate reaction? The disappointment, obviously, well, would have been devastating. It was my nightmare, to yeah. be fair. Like, for every footballer, I think it's one of the worst injuries you can have. And the longest one in terms of recovery and yeah it was when they said that after the game I, yeah, I was really disappointed mm. I was for the whole evening the good thing was I had um, two friends over right so they were staying in mine and that was a good thing to think about something else it was hard on Saturday to be honest I wasn't in a good mood and mm. on Sunday I, I felt alright to mm. be honest I already Accepted it. Yeah, accepted it. Mm. And that was weird as well because, no, every time every time I'm injured, um, like if it's for two weeks, I'm I lose my head. <laughs> yeah, really. Hate like, it. I'm, hate I'm, it. I'm, I'm terrible inside the, yeah, yeah. the room. Like I want to go quicker. I want to be outside the pitch again. Yeah. I always said if this ACL happens to me, I don't know how I would react. Mm-hmm. I think I would be crying for two weeks. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't. It was only one day this time that was a bit weird to me. Yeah. Like you kind of accepted, all right, this is a bad one. Let's let's go for it. Mm-hmm. And, but I needed one night. But I was expecting before I, if it happened to me, it would take much longer. Mm-hmm. But it, I kind of accepted it after one day. How were your friends that night? They'd come over to watch you play, and then. Oh well, there were eighteen over from Holland. Wow, yeah, wow. there were lo- lots. I got a lot of support from my hometown and from a small village. Yeah. And, um People are take, doing the trip every year, like they wow. want to come over, like a group of friends. And to be honest, a lot of people in Holland always want to see a game in England, something special yeah. about the passion, it's different to Holland. And now they got a good reason to go because they know me, Absolutely. it's England, and they love it in there. And yeah, they <laughs> all the guys are coming over every year. It's, yeah, it's good fun. Yeah. It's easy to explain at home as well. They say, "Yeah, we go and watch a game from Michael," but I always say it's only ninety minutes, mate. You, know, <laughs> you don't, you have don't to go, go home after the game. <laughs> no. <laughs> so now nah, it's fun. It's yeah. um, I really like. And so there were eighteen over. We were supposed to go for a meal after the game. The eighteen of us. They all went. I said, "Yeah, just go," but um, you stayed in on your own. I stayed home oh. for a bit. Like first, the two of them they were staying in mine and. Um, they went as well. I said, yeah, just go. Mm-hmm. Then they came back and yeah, it was good to have a moment for myself as well, yeah. to call some people. And But after they were home and in the last three weeks, I had so many people over that have been so nice to me. It was yeah. kind of, that was a hard part for me as well. Like I always a bit like I want to do things on my own, like I can help myself. Yeah. And to accept I couldn't help myself was really uh, that took a few days as well my mom stayed for a longer period my sister came over a few of my friends my dad's over now i need the help like I, i'm on crutches i can't carry anything and my house is um double floor yeah, if you yeah. say it like that yeah, yeah. yeah so i have the stairs as well small things like a game ready to bring it upstairs downstairs i can't yeah. do it so i need help and 
also um, Kareem, my teammates, like the te- uh, Kareem is living around the corner, so right. he helps me sometimes. He's off to Sweden now, but I never did. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it, that was a hard part for me to accept. Like I need help, help yeah. people to help me out, and to be honest, everybody been really nice to me. That's yeah. I think, I think I think that's what happens when older people get injured. You know, when older people slip and fall and they're injured, it's the yeah. it's the not being able to get up and go out and be mm. self dependent yeah. and have to s- just rely on someone else to do the most yeah. everyday task, the most mundane things thing. that you don't consider. Yeah, that's quite difficult. And so, how long after the injury was you operated on? Was that a week? What's a week? Yeah, a week straight after. Things happened on Saturday. Um, and how was that? I remember seeing you afterwards. Said, "Was the anaesthetic okay?" And you're like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was was fun because you have to stay sober for a long time. Right. You say it like that, right? Well, you if can't drink. No, yeah, drink and eat. Okay, okay. nil by mouth. Yeah, yeah. nil by mouth. Like nothing yeah. down your throat. Yeah, they, I, yeah. I translated from Dutch. Stay things. sober would mean you can't have an alcoholic. Uh, alcoholic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In Holland, we, in Holland, like we used that word to before uh, surgery as well. Yeah. So. My last drink, water, yeah. <laughs> was at eight o'clock in the morning, okay. and my surgery was at seven or eight. Right. So that was a long day. It's a good thing I didn't feel sick after the surgery, yeah. but yeah, surgery went away, uh, went all right. Kai was there, the team doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was nice. It was funny when I woke up, like I was so dizzy. She told me uh, she was standing next to me, and I was asking her like. Kai, where's my left hand? <laughs> <laughs> so she said, it's on that side. So I looked at my left hand. Oh, there it is. <laughs> stuff like that. That's just, so it does some crazy stuff. Yeah. 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 No, no I can't imagine what it's like. I've had th- I had three on my foot. I remember for the last one. I woke up on my side facing the wallpaper. And I felt like I could crawl through the wallpaper. So I was touching all this textured wallpaper and leaning out of my bed to try and crawl through it. It just sends you like, what? No, I didn't get that right. But yeah. no, there's some crazy stuff to you that. It's a weird experience. It's really it? weird. Yeah. Um, my um, my mom was still in Birmingham, so she came over after I went to the recovery room. Yeah. She came over as well, and I remember talking to her, but I fall asleep every time. So I asked her something, she was answering, and then, which my head was gone, like I was angry. Yeah. Then she said, "Yeah, I'll go," and I had my night was alright. Yeah. First night at home was the most terrible night. I, really? I, I think I didn't. Oh, also, okay. with painkillers, I'm a bit like, ah, I'm yeah. alright. Like, yeah, 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 I, I almost have to break my leg before I take, take paracetamol, yeah, like, <laughs> something yeah. like that. Yeah. I, t- I always think, like, yeah, it's my body can take handle of, can take care of itself. But yeah. So the first night, I should have taken some more <laughs> painkillers. Oh man, it was such in a bad way. Every little movement yeah. is such painful. Yeah. 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 So that was bad, and after that, it's of course you have some tough moments, but yeah, yeah. I can't really complain. No. You know, right? How did you deal with it mentally then? From the minute you come out of that operation for uh, you were on the road to recovery, then was that, yeah, that, was, so that was the minute you came out of that operation, you knew yeah. now you can start? Yeah, definitely. That was for me also the week before the surgery. I really want to get my surgery done, yeah, because for me, that's the starting point of okay, let's go from here. Yeah. From here, it will only get better, yeah. And all the stuff I was doing before the surgery, I was thinking, yeah, we'll, we'll be gone after surgery, <laughs> so it won't help. <laughs> so yeah, now I'm, now I can kick on, and that's a nice feeling. Yeah, yeah. So you're in for the summer. What what have you been doing? Is it just a case of icing? And well, I've I've done my ACL, but I've done my MCL as well. Okay. Like it 
it's not not as bad as my ACL, but yeah. still, that's why I'm still in the brace. Yeah. And that slows it down a little bit. Like, I can't really um, train my quad, and I'm trying, but mm-hmm. not as good as if I would be out of the brace. Mm-hmm. So it takes a bit longer. And so, yeah, I'm just training my quad at the minute, like my muscles, trying to straighten my leg again. Mm-hmm. So weird because I've been in a bent position for two, three weeks. Yeah. Uh-huh. So my muscles behind my knee are never stretched for two, three weeks. So that's, I have to train that again, that I can straighten my leg mm-hmm. because you need it to walk again. And uh-huh. as soon as I can walk again, then I can kick on. Yeah, That would take a bit longer, but now I've been in here. Now I will be, um, I go back to Holland tomorrow. I went over with Dave to physio to see a rehab center in Holland. Yeah. Because nobody's around the training ground for the next couple of weeks right. because all the lads will be off. I thought it was good to um, to go back to Holland, Absolutely. to be around family, friends. But I go to um, the KNVB, it's yeah, like yeah. EFL, it's a bit similar to St. George. St. George yeah. Park, yeah. yeah. So, but it's in the middle of Holland and I'm from the east. Okay. So I will stay there in a the hotel for the first two weeks because my knee is, uh, I can't drive. Yeah, of course. So, yeah. At least, but at least in the weekend I got the opportunity to see some friends. Yeah, family. good. And just good to be in a different environment. I think there are not only footballers there. I, the day I was, I w- uh, went there. I met a skateboarder and he got. Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> and um, the the referees from the national league are doing the fitness and everything there. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you got a different environment, different people around you. Yeah, it's good. Can speak my own language again. Would, yeah. would be nice. So. You just feel home comforts. Yeah. Just the whole culture. Going home's always. Yeah, I'm not a lot. I won't be a lot of uh, of time. I won't be at home, but at least I'm. You're in the country. I got the opportunity to go there on the weekend, and also because it will be a bit boring to be honest yeah. here. Like nobody's here, and no. you, then you feel it more. Mentally, you, you don't got mentally, a summer or something. Yeah. No, tough. yeah, mentally it's more tough. But when let's come back, I'll I'll be here as well. And Good. Yeah. Keith, this is your fourth year. So you moved in the in twenty fifteen. So this will be year mm-hmm. before here. Do yeah. you do you, do you miss going home, or do you enjoy going home when you get the chance to? How do you find it now? I still do when I go home. I really enjoy it, but it's not as. Um, this year was different, to be honest. Yeah. This year I was thinking about it, like should I go home sometimes or not. Mm-hmm. Like in the past, it was every opportunity I got was going on. I still like to do it, don't get me wrong. Especially with this manager, because sometimes he gives us the Sunday-Monday off. Uh-huh. So it gives me the opportunity when there's a birthday or something. Mm. I got the opportunity to go home. That's good. It's only a one-hour flight. Perfect. But no, I'll, um, I like it here. It's fourth season. Crazy. This year went really quick. First year went quick. Two before when <laughs> so slow. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it is. This year went like. The whole mood is completely quick. different. Yeah. The whole mood is just. You wouldn't think it was the same club if you'd walked in mm-hmm. uh, a couple no. of years ago, 18 no. months ago. Um, we have to talk about the moment I sat in this room and announced that you were leaving the football club. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's this is a. I was saying to Callum earlier on, it's probably about. 11.30 on the night, 11 o'clock, the transfer window. Yeah. And we get the news come through that oh, Keith's agreeing to go. So we're like, okay, let's get him out of here. Yeah. 
announce it on the official club channels, everything's agreed. And then we hear like the next morning, maybe nine, ten o'clock, um, oh, there might be something up with this transfer. Yeah. So we're like, okay, well, hopefully that the league will ratify it or it'll go through eventually. Mm. Is it delay? Maybe it got in on time. And then like one day turned to two to three yeah. and this move still wasn't ratified. So we're thinking, there's a chance that he's not going to, there's a chance that he's not going to go here. Yeah. How crazy was that from your point of view? Really crazy. Like, that must have been it like... been one of the most crazy months in my career. Like weird. Yeah. Like it didn't feel like football player. I felt like a number. Like yeah. just mm-hmm. put him on the market and see where, we, where he would go. And mm-hmm. It was weird. Like we all know what happened. I think the manager uh, Redknapp was bringing a lot of players in and he can do because mm-hmm. he was the manager. Then, because it was a bit weird because um, I went back to Holland because I had a chat with him the day before. He said I couldn't go. And then the day after, they want me to go because right. they'd bring, I think, two more signers in on mm-hmm. the um, last transfer mm-hmm. day. <coughs> All right. We have to find a new club and you know how it goes. And then uh, Derby found out, well, I went there, knew Kerry Road. Of course. So, yeah, I was happy I could find a new club where I could play football because... You want to be you want to be wanted. Wherever. Yeah, yeah I want to be wanted. I want to play. I want to be part of a team mm. because I wouldn't be here. And then I went there, all looked well. But nobody... Not a lot of people knows I was in literally in the change room for four days. Really, just yeah, in the change room. Just in change room, I was doing fitness. I wasn't allowed on the pitch. Something to do with insurance uh-huh. because the contracts were not. But everybody thought it would be all right. Yeah. Even Birmingham, otherwise you won't announce it. Even Derby because I was on their website as well. Yeah. And then after three days, that was a bit like oh, it's still not going off. Yeah. It's still not. Um, did, did the club, was the club still talking to you at this point were they reassuring yeah, yeah. you it was like was every okay. morning I was like alright can I go on a pitch today <laughs> ah no not yet oh, alright first day you accept it yeah. second day alright let's go yeah. no it's still not done ah, alright I'll go to the gym then again at a gym session with them and then third day I was a bit like come on yeah. one train now I'm uh, doing nothing mm. then the, fir- the fourth day I just went into his office said yeah. what's going on yeah. listen I don't the, the guys are taking the yeah, yeah. He's earning money without doing anything like stuff yeah, like that. And I said, "What's going on?" He said, "No, deal." Because it was bad for Derby as well Absolutely. because they let someone else go. I don't know, re- can't remember his name, but uh, and it didn't bring anyone in. Yeah, I had to go to Birmingham. What wasn't bad in terms of seeing the lads again, and I know it was a good group and I liked him, but in terms of being part of a squad or a team. Who he didn't need me, so yeah. that's what I know. So it was hard to get back. And I think I came back on Friday. I asked the manager if I could go home to, to get your get, head straight. Get my head straight, yeah. And they travelled to Norwich that day. I yeah, think. Norwich so, was the yeah. first game. So that was right. Came back on Monday and then I started working again. Was make sure I was fit. But that was hard. And that was the first moment I didn't like it here in England. Yeah. Cause mm. Because I've always been playing, I know I w- where I was here for, and then I wasn't in the team anymore, not even, I was in the stand, then I was thinking what I'm doing That's here. What am I doing here? And that was hard. Yeah. But I'm happy I w- kept 
training hard, kept fighting because football can change quickly. That's what it, and then one and a half months being in the stand, well, Codrill came in, put me in the team straight away, let me play 90 minutes. I was five, I still don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I did. And then I was... At Cardiff? Yeah. Cardiff yeah. at home, we won the game. Yeah. I remember speaking to you after that game. Yeah, and... But that, then I was proud and happy, like I didn't give up and kept training hard because I was able to play 90 minutes again yeah. after one and a half months. Yeah. So that's, that was right. Yeah, I remember being in the stands of that Cardiff game and when your name was read out before yeah, the match. Like yeah, I think I said it in the press today as well. That was one of the most special moments like in terms of uh, myself, mm. like personal. Like That was amazing because I never said anything in the press. So if you look from the outside, you could think like what was going on there he wanted to leave i didn't know what people were thinking they couldn't wait to talk to you no <laughs> having to deal with them they was like no when can we speak to keith and we yeah. Like, like yeah let's see where he where yeah. he goes if he's gonna play and then yeah. as soon as you were back in the team it was like okay yeah we can do a bit of press yeah so and then yeah exactly what you're saying when they say my name the like the whole stadium was happy for me yeah then I was thinking, all right, let's go. Maybe that's why I played 90 minutes. <laughs> 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 imagine how you'd feel. You yeah. would be. Imagine, right. like, I, I didn't say anything and to them in the press. So they, I was a bit like, all right, are they all right with it? Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. are they happy I'm still here? And then that feeling, I was like, all right, feeling good here. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. It feel a little bit like coming back home after the derby move almost. Because obviously, like Dale said earlier, you've been here for, what, two years at that point? Yeah, you're feeling like almost like an adopted Brummie already by then or yeah I, I loved it here mm. but it's I'm a football player and I yeah, love yeah. football and I love to play for this club but if the manager tells you like he doesn't need you so you will be in the stand yeah don't get me wrong I like football but I don't like to be in the stand I want to play for for a team feel part of a team so it was an easy option especially because they pushed me as well to leave. I was going somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's normal, I think. I mm-hmm. think every, every person would do well, that. The only reason you're here is to play football. Yeah. yeah. So when when I came back, in terms of the team, I was happy. And everybody being nice to me. But I was in stand for one and a half month. And then Cotterill came in and I started playing again as yeah. well. And it was never that I wanted to leave because I didn't like the club. No, I loved it in there. But I want to play football. Yeah. I think one thing that you've got going for you the minute that you joined the club was that you could see that you're a good fit for Birmingham City. Mm-hmm. I think this is a football club again. We, yeah. were, we were talking before we came on. There's players in the past before you joined 15, 20 years ago who've played and they're just the type of player that you are in that you leave everything out on the pitch. So like Robbie Savage, Martin Granger, uh, there's a few other names that we mentioned that they give everything to the shirt and as long as the support can see that yeah. they can forgive a misplaced pass that goes out they can forgive a lack of talent or ability but what you can't forgive is someone who don't try who don't run no. who don't leave everything there and I think, think that's where you're a good fit for the club and I think the gaffer this year wanted to bring that back to yeah. the whole team yeah. and sometimes it's not fair like I'm happy I'm a player like that and they appreciate it but some players are different but if you put 11 Kieften Belts in the team, you won't win any game, Absolutely. trust me. Yeah. But some players, they're more technical and yeah. sometimes it looks like they're not working hard, but they really do. So yeah. it's not fair to those players sometimes because they try as hard as well. 
But now I'm happy they appreciate the way I play. But I think the Gaffer brought it back into the team now as well. Like, never say die attitude. Yeah. Like, let's fight for it. And yeah. I think that's what uh, makes the connection between us and the fans now so so good. Yeah, That's nice to see. You're talking about some of your goals that you scored over the past few years. You don't really tend to score a tap-in. No. They're either like... 30 yeah, yards never box, mate. <laughs> <laughs> or, or as we saw against Preston this year. I didn't year. tap in for the... Um, Ipswich. No. Where you slid in at the back post. Um, oh, Wolves. The keeper spilled keep, it. Yeah, yeah, and one more for the Cup. Oh, there was one for the, the, the Derby game, wasn't there? I think I scored again Bournemouth as well for the uh, Carling Cup. Is it? Yeah. Was it Carling Cup? Yeah, it might be yeah. at one time. Yeah, it was a... Yeah. It's it's a million doesn't it? Yeah, well, the League Cup. Yeah. Um... 45-yard screamer against Preston this year. Yeah, make yeah. the keeper from distance. You know what? If you put a little bit of spin on it... <laughs> <laughs> you can tell us yeah. meant to. Yeah. Uh, Brighton pre-season. Yeah? Yeah, there was a bit... One Derby week, away. One week too early. Yeah, but it's still a good shot. We still got it on video. Yeah. Derby away. Derby screamer. Ipswich was folly as well. Yeah. That's the same week as well. I had a bit the same f- when I played for Groningen. I don't score a lot. But sometimes I, I try it from outside the box and then if it goes in from outside the box, it already looks good, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw one. You put it in the bottom corner. Is that against, you know, you beat Feyenoord? Fe- 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 yeah. yeah. Six or four. What a, yeah, what a game that was. Six yeah. nil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You talk about that you've got technical players who don't get appreciated as much as someone who will run and work. Is football, because you obviously came through the youth system in Holland, is there more of an emphasis on technical football there? Because I think a lot of people assume that in Holland they make these young players yeah. more technically gifted as compared to here where we're powerful, strong, quick. But I think people. it depends on the club. Like It's also what the club li- is yeah. like. And some clubs, you can call them also in England and Holland, they just like people to work hard and yeah. give everything. I think every club. Like, but you know what I mean, right? It's, and I'm not saying the Birmingham fans don't appreciate the people who are more technical or something, but I think sometimes it um, isn't fair because maybe they work even harder, but the way I play, maybe it, you don't see it as much. Yeah, you see you see it a bit more because yeah. I'm like tackling and yeah, yeah. But sometimes as a winger, you you don't want him to play the same as me. Like, yeah, you want him to be ready when he gets the ball. And I'm happy to do that, to play in that role, to, to, work, to work, nah, to work myself, to yeah, yeah. to get the ball and play it to him and make something happen. Absolutely. And sometimes I, that's what I say to him. Like so I play with Max, so and Max works really hard. And mm-hmm. I say, you make sure you get your energy when I when I pass to you. You get like that. Yeah. that that's how I want to play my role. Mm-hmm. So yeah, always say don't do too much. <laughs> Because we want you to make something happen, Absolutely. and that's how you need each other. Yeah, going back to your time in um, in Holland. So I've got here. You start ahead with a team called Go Ahead Eagles. Go Eagles, yeah. And like a second tier of the trouble. Yeah. What was that like? Um, good club. Small club. Big yeah, club. they call it the most English club in. Oh, is it in Holland? Yeah. Why because, that? because the stadium is really old and uh-huh. it's into. Um, Small, um, how do you say it? Neighborhood? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. residential estate. Yeah. Like surrounded by houses. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I was driving to the stadium, people were sitting outside the house yeah, in the street. Yeah. And yeah, it was, yeah, they, they all love it in Holland. It's a really nice club. And played there for two years. And then um, I went to Groningen. Was the deal agreed with Altmar at all? I read somewhere that AZ Altmar were think, interested. Uh, yeah, AZ Altmar, they first. Um, 
want to sign me. But then they had to first sell some players. A financial position change that they yeah. Yeah. read. Yeah, and then they, f- in the end, they said, no, we're not going to do that anymore. They want to spend the money on Keith, did they? No, they didn't. Should, should <laughs> have done <it. laughs> Then you go to Groningen. Great, good move for you. Yeah, good move. Yeah. And then not a lot of people know I played my first year I played as a fullback. Yeah. Right, fullback. Because the club was, they sold their fullback. They were thinking, all right. That's the way they said it, and not what I was thinking. They thought, like, all right, he's one of the most talented midfielders in the second league. Let's buy him. I think we can play. He can play as a fullback as well, and then maybe in the future he will get us. So they tried me as a fullback. And how was that? Eleven yellow cards. <laughs> <laughs> At least maybe there were even more. <laughs> Just kicking wingers. Yeah, but for Twente was uh, Chatley playing. Yeah, yeah, uh, good player. Utrecht was Mattens who played for Martin. Martin. Uh, Martin. So you were getting the run around every Mate, week. Mate, uh, it was ridiculous. <laughs> Asaidi from me played for Stoke. I think you got. Um, I know that some good players. There's some good wingers there, man. So I was. I remember after ten, de- after ten games, I was calling them there. I don't want it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever get subbed? Did you ever get pulled off? Um, not a lot of time. Oh, no. I see. They kept you in there. Yeah, they kept me in there. So, but in my second year, I played. Um, I played on midfield. I was better for everyone, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Main no, captain, vice captain, and then captain. Yeah, vice cap- captain. Really enjoyed it, but I also enjoyed it about football. Like being part of a team, like mm-hmm. if I compare it to something with tennis, I would say you miss that team feeling. Yeah. And that's what I really like about football to um, to win something with team. Like in uh, Groningen, we won the playoffs to go to Europe, nice. and last year we won the cup. And then, yeah, it's such a good feeling yeah. to do with people you see more than your family. Because you see each other every day in the dressing room, and it's nice. Yeah. Such a good feeling. It's a perfect time to leave, I suppose. If you win the club's first major trophy. Yeah, it it was, but it's some because we were because they changed it in Holland. Because um, when you win the cup now, you're quali- qualified for the group stage of the Europa League. Uh-huh. And it's qualifiers before. Yeah, we were qualified before, so we were qualified for the group stage, or was supposed to play Europa League uh-huh. group stage. But then Birmingham came, but it was always my dream to go to England. So it was a no-brainer for me. But yeah, if it's the best mo- best time. Yeah, you have to sacrifice Europa League to come to Blues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As in, were, were Blues the only club interested, or was, did you know you was going to leave and you were talking to other clubs? Or uh, just, no. It just a, just Blues approached and that was it. Yeah, Blues approached. Blues came up. Had one more year, and in Holland it's also a bit different. Like. Um, not a lot of clubs are paying money for you, and I had one more year. So, because it, there's not a lot of money to spend on transfers, mm-hmm. so they wait till you're out of contract, yeah, and then they try to sign you. So, it was never that I was leaving in Holland. But that year, a lot of players from us leave. Uh, right. Charon Thierry went to QPR, mm-hmm. and Botteguin went to Feyenoord. It's when you win something, and you do well with your team, yeah. Gets Welcome. taken apart. Yeah. That happens often, doesn't it? Yeah. And then you join the club. So you didn't know much. I'll, I'll re-watch that same interview. Yeah. You first yeah. in his leather it was, jacket. It was an honest, yeah, yeah. honest yeah. interview. It's on right? YouTube. Yeah, yeah. It was good. You didn't know because you didn't, didn't know much know. about the club. Yeah. I can. I was thinking I can act like I know a lot of. But yeah. I didn't. But I, I knew I wanted to go to England and yeah. wanted to show myself. Yeah. And Birmingham gave me that opportunity, and then. 
found out it was a club that suits me, I think. Yeah, no, it really is. And you're part of a few players. We were trying to count up still left from the Rowett era. Yeah. You, I mean, Digger came in. Digger. Yeah. Uh, Mara, Mags, Morrow. That's it almost. Probably five. Jonathan Grounds. Jonathan Grounds, yeah. He came in during that time. Yeah. So if you think there's five or six of you that are still here now, yeah. who signed under that. Is it, for the first season for you to have joined then, Gary Rowett got the best out of that group of players. Yeah, he did really well. And, yeah. You were playing a lot. I was playing a lot, yeah. First um... <laughs> I remember the first games in the championship for me. Like I remember I made my debut against Leicester City uh-huh. the week before the... They won the league that yeah, year. Yeah, David Cottrell scored a screamer. Yeah, yeah, they they yeah. yeah. yeah and no, they, they won the league after. The year after. Dimi won. Oh, he got sold. Yeah. Doesn't matter, but I remember I was playing 60 minutes. Gone. Next week, <laughs> Reading at home, 70 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so different. And just the pay? Is it just the yeah, tempo? tempo. Yeah. It is. Yeah. There's no. In Holland, when you get possession, Keep it, yeah. Near a bit like get the ball now. Let's let's, let's go, go forward. Yeah. But if the opponent thinks the same, <laughs> you go yeah exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I was. I have to. Get used, got used to it. Yeah. But I did quite fast. I think it's also. You have to. You have to adapt quickly. Mm-hmm. See it with a lot of players from Holland, like. Maybe they want to pass it a bit more, mm-hmm. but. Of course, I like to be on the ball, but it's a different game. Yeah. You have to adapt. A lot of Dutch players do come to England, though. There seems to be a good mm-hmm. number of players who can make that transition yeah. Yeah, from Holland to England. I don't know whether it's a style of play or because they're technically good, but as a country, they produce a lot of players that end up in England, mm-hmm. which is interesting. But do you think it takes long, you know, like, say, Peds, for instance, who came across from Germany, do you think it takes that season or six months for you to adapt and then you can start to progress? How long did it take you to really get to grips with how quick mm. and different the game was. Did you say no, two when, weeks? <laughs> <laughs> the last again. No, when quite quick I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was also a bit my style of play. That helps me a lot. Yeah. Like a lot of duels, tackling. You're fit enough to get around the pitch, it's not yeah. as if it was Yeah, it was quite soon after I came here, so that was that was alright and yeah, it's it's a it's different, like for Chris as well. It's just, it's not only the first few weeks; like it's all season. Yeah. You go from thirty-four games to forty-six, or even more. Yeah. You go for a game once a week to most Tuesday, of the time Saturday. midweek game. Something different. You have to get used to it. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good thing. You will be even stronger next year. Absolutely, you seem to have made some good friends here as well, Keith. You know, like Morrow and Juki seem to be the two. <laughs> what, made you, the banner. what made you get that banner out? <laughs> <laughs> that went everywhere on Twitter. Yeah, I did. Well, still we, see it, by the way, on Twitter. Yeah. Every once in a while. <laughs> we were having lunch in Amsterdam, and then we saw that it came up on uh, Birmingham Mill as well. Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> yeah, it was good to have them over in Amsterdam. They are really good guys. Seemed a lot off the pitch, and we were a bit like, uh, "Let's go somewhere straight mm-hmm. after the season," and we did. I said, "Come on to Amsterdam. I'll show you my country," and they did. So yeah, good weekend. Was, was waiting. Yeah, unbelievable. Such a good time. Yeah. Still talking about it. It's fun. And you decided to make a banner to welcome them. To the yeah, airport. welcome. I bought some balloons as well. With <laughs> a lot of credit. <laughs> yeah. You a lot of credit for that. Yeah. And three pints. <laughs> 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 it was early. <laughs> yeah. 
No time uh, in it. Time doesn't exist. Airport. Time doesn't yeah, exist in the airport. Yeah. No. Um, I want to touch upon this season. You'd say how different it, it's felt. From the outside looking in, that changing room looks as close as it's probably been since you arrived at yeah. the club. And I think that's that's says enough about this group because when I said before, when with Honing, when things were going really well, when you win the cup or you win the playoffs, and it's easy to be a good group, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And yeah. this year, we got a lot of stuff going on that could have made us feel like, nah, we're not that good, or mm-hmm. now we stick together and we were fighting and then that's really special about this group what I want to say if things are going well and you're top of the league yeah, it's easy yeah it's yeah. easy but this year with all the stuff that was going on to still be as close to still be as close as we were I think that's, that sums us up no absolutely I think we'd agree with that coming yeah. at home and away it's just felt just the togetherness and some of the results have been so impressive we, we spoke about them earlier on in the podcast but you know you QPR and Stoke home and away and yeah. Leeds we have some nice games it's yeah. been some memorable and their way following as well again has just been yeah incredible and you look, as a player it must be amazing to look up at that you know like Bolton last season yeah. or uh, Preston this season 4,500 Preston was amazing how we not won that I game know. you'd impress after that game uh? you you done the media after that yeah, game yeah and remember I was and we were like how have we not how, yeah, how won let alone lost that. the game was it you that bombed all the way down the pitch as well to make the tackle for that no, corner? No, I did, yeah. but then the guy with the corner, you yeah. know, my man's <laughs> right, so I felt, <laughs> done all the hard work, and then you let him f***ing have the ball. Like, oh, come on, Keith. How we didn't win that game. Yeah. But there's been some good ones this season. What's your hopes for next year? Is it a case of just taking it week by week and seeing how your knee responds and not looking too far into the future? No. You, you mean in terms of team or personally? Let's go personally. Go personally yeah. so. Well, won't be back till around New Year, Christmas. Yeah, so. So I need to get my knee right. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's my main yeah. goal. And then you see it now with Digger as well. Like, you had an injury from the moment you're, and then there's a point you come back and then you have to get start playing games, get used to it again. Yeah. And yeah. So that will be my case as well, even when I'm, say, right, he's match fit. I still need some time, mm-hmm. some time. So I will be match fit hopefully around December, and then maybe I need some more time. But you know, when something happened to your knee this bad, you just want to get it right. Yeah. You're not make even sure. Make it's sure. Done yeah. yeah, exactly. And you want, yeah, you want to come back stronger. Yeah. So no, but yeah, that's what I want, and I want to get it right. I want to play good football again get to my level yeah. but I'm sure I will will do because that's a good thing if it happens on this level football you got the best surgery you got the best people around you mm-hmm. it's not the question if you come back what is sometimes an amateur football but it's just the question when Yeah, yeah. that's a good thing and I'm really appreciate that, that happy that I'm in this play at this level of football and yeah and then we will see I just want to get fit and then help the team again can't wait it like that was the good thing about this team as well I, I remember I see the game get against West Bromwich and my dad texted me are you watching and it's difficult to watch it and he was yeah he was a bit like because of your knee but yeah it was difficult because this team was so special this year yeah I said I want to fight with these guys yeah like when West Bromwich were tackling someone I was 
come on, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like this team was like, if someone touches our skipper or our striker, Juki, yeah. the rest of the team was like, we won't let you do that, mate. Yeah. We were, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so that, that family, yeah, yeah, family yeah, thing on the pitch. So when he texted me, I was a bit like, no, I want to fight with this team. That's how it feels. This team is special and you want to fight for them. Mm-hmm. That's a good feeling. Yeah. It was the first time I was thinking, yeah. Miss it to be with these guys on the pitch. You want yeah. to help them out on the battlefield. Yeah. yeah, no, but that's really how it feels. Yeah. Also because of the characters we got in the team. Yeah, yeah. And then you think, yeah, come on, you want some? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. I look forward to seeing that first kiff. I'm about to say, I can't yeah. wait for the return. As soon as yeah. you get back on, bang. straight back into fighting. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> He's back again. Maybe I'll turn back as the technical player. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Imagine you like, do hear. Have you, you know, you hear these things where. <laughs> People have a bad injury and they like come back and talk Italian. (laughs) Have you heard it? Oh yeah, head injuries. They faint and then they don't remember a word of English. Something happens. He's gonna come back as like the technical playmaker. Yeah, I think (laughs) I think Hots have to be worried now. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. winger up and he's going back to right back. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) no chance. (laughs) And uh, how good was it that the club immediately when they realised how serious the injury was, they looked at that contract and triggered next year. That was really special. Tong of uh, Dong uh, um, text me and um, yeah, that was really special. I was speechless at the moment. I like, is this true? Like, because it would never happen in Holland. Mm-hmm. Like, there are too many risks about if he's coming back or. But he, yeah, he said like, you got it back for the last four seasons. You never let us down, and we won't let you down now either. So that's really nice gesture and makes make me feel really um, really happy. I suppose you know you can just relax now and, and concentrate on making sure the yeah that's what are. people say and that's what I think as well and how I feel it but it sounds a bit weird because I don't want to give the people the feeling that I will relax now and yeah. see how long it takes if it takes nine months now I don't care if it takes twelve months I don't care. yeah I care I yeah want to be back as soon as possible yeah but in terms of like sometimes it can happen to a player as well and you got only one one month left yeah. to show other clubs that he's fit. And that's not my pressure. Like I know I got a season after, and of course I want to be back soon. But I want to be back good as well. Yeah. So that gives me a bit of the pressure, taking pressure off. Yeah. That point of view. What looking at Digger and Vass as well, who have both had long term injuries. Yeah. Their mentality seems to be something that's helped them to cope with the whole yeah. thing. You seem to be the same sort of person who will just approach this positively not yeah. try and get too down and depressed about no. not feeling part of the group because there'll be times where they're going out onto the grass oh, or they're playing games exactly. and you can't do it. will be tough. will be ups and downs. I already felt it this last five weeks. Yeah. As Dave, like, <laughs> yesterday his first question was like, did you have a good sleep? And when I say yes, so he was relieved. Because <laughs> <laughs> the day before I had such a bad night of sleep yeah. and then I'm not a good person. Like, yeah. Nothing's good. And yeah. Um, he's going to be sick and tired of you by the end yeah of the 100% <laughs> he will be but nah it's that will be my also a big challenge for me to be patient because can't go quicker than quick like yeah I don't I need I need short term plans like alright let's do this for four weeks mm-hmm. let's fight it let's um, reach that goal and then go for another three weeks like you have to walk in three weeks, and then after three weeks, you have yeah. to squat and with some yeah. weights. That, that's what I need. I yeah. need goals to attack. Yeah, brick that's by brick. I, yeah. yeah, that's what I like in the season as well. Like, you need to, yeah, brick by brick. All right, in the next four games, we want that result. And 
something to look forward to. If I'm if I'm looking now like all right, Keith, next nine months, then I will get crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I have to do it step by step. Yeah. I set myself goals for every milestones. Yeah, three or four weeks, and then, yeah, it's good. The lads have really rallied around you as well. The players. I mean, I spoke to Juki. I think a few days after you've done it, I said, "Have you spoke to Keith?" He said, "Yeah, I'm going around to see him, and yeah. they will try to." I think support yeah. you as well in the first few weeks which yeah, is yeah they've been so good to me yeah that's such a nice feeling even messages from old players or like John Terrell even yeah. text me yes nice. stuff like that yeah it's really nice that's, that makes me happy and it's a nice feeling people care about you yeah and also in the team they've been brilliant staff players and yeah but it will be hard when they go outside the pitch yeah. because then I might stay away from Keith at that point. Yeah, it's better maybe. Yeah. There was a time when we lost lost the game and I had a camera in it. You remember this? Oh, I'm already worried. I had a camera in it. I had to do like a behind the scenes. I think it might be in the Gaffers. It's the Gaffers' <laughs> oh, first game. Middle for game. Yeah. Yes, I've mm. seen this. You've seen this. Yeah, yeah. So I'm filming the players come in. Keith's the last one, so you know you follow the last one round. Yeah. yeah. So all the players <laughs> are one person, then Keith's the last one. He's walking in, sulking because we've lost, yeah. which is fine. Yeah. And I follow Keith a bit and he goes, mate, <laughs> do you have to do that? We've just lost. I'm like, I'm just trying to do my job. And then to, yeah. be, to be fair, he I came think. back out. You did come back out and he was like, man, I'm sorry. It's just the game. We lost the game. Yeah, that's, but that happens to me a lot. Just I'm still a bit older now. I thought it would be something when I was <laughs> even on the pitch. Yeah. Sometimes I can tackle someone. I'm so frustrated or angry. And they know it's it's almost called a keep the belt tackle, keep the belt angle. <laughs> like then I'm and I'm tackle him and then I have a word with him because he's not happy, I'm not happy. Yeah. And then I'm even in, already in change room, sometimes it takes a bit longer. I'm driving home and I think, Keith, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Yeah, grow up man. Yeah. It's just the emotion of emotion, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was great example yeah, to I'll, you still, well. I'll show you again sometime. Yeah. Mate, yeah. you have to film us now? I was like, I'll do my job. Yeah. Good times though. Um, in terms of the team, next season, set our sights on building on this year? Yeah, definitely. I think we, um, this is great. We go further from here. Like, yeah. Change things around, feeling about the club, mm. the mentality, the identity of the club is back, I think, where what everybody likes. This is how you want Birmingham to be. Then we go from here. Yeah. It's been a good platform that's been set this season. If we can now yeah. add little bits of the jigsaw puzzle together yeah. and look to build. I think it's I've important everybody knows why we were like this this year. We need to keep that standard. Yeah. Don't drop. Because otherwise you can never kick on. No. Like, this is to be the standard. We worked really hard to get this standard. And now we have to make it even better. How how big an impact the manager and his staff made in comparison? You played under yeah. Rowett, Brendan, mm-hmm. Cottrell, Carsley for a few weeks. Zola. Yeah. Zola. Now. Really big. Know. Really big. And it's easy to say now, but yeah. I think everybody knows. But also the staff, but also together, like, in terms of team, team bonding. Um, no individual is better than team, like, fight for your team and... Yeah, it kept growing and growing mm-hmm. during the season. How was your shooting when you went on that team activity? You had to My put the glasses on. P- and you was pitching. Uh, yeah, was you any good? I was class, mate. Was really good, yeah. You didn't reach the final? No, nah, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the um, average of everyone was really good. It was good? But yeah, it was. I was actually quite surprised filming mm. that. Does that look difficult? 
Yeah, a few that went across the floor, a few that come at you. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. Um, home to pack, getting ready to go home tomorrow. Yeah. Dead yeah, over, you've given me a hand with packing all my stuff. There's a lot of stuff that yeah. have to go with me yeah. because of the recovery. Uh-huh. But I'm looking forward. Um, been good here by the last few weeks, but I'm looking forward to go home. Good. Will be hard work as well, but looking forward to that. You've never shied away from hard work. You'll be fine. That's what, right. that's what you're all about. <laughs> Keith, thank you ever so much. I I could sit and talk with you for hours, yeah. but it's been a pleasure. All the best with no your worries. recovery. Be nice. And I'll see you in a few weeks. The Blues Talk Podcast with Dale Moon and Callum Denning. Dutch Mike there, fans favourite, legend of the club in his fourth year, fast mm. approaching. Um, but you can tell, I mean, what a fantastic guy. Great. I mean, he's English actually, but sometimes he goes, sorry, and you can see him looking at you and he can't quite pick up the words. Yeah. But actually from a guy who's only lived here for a few years, he's um he's getting a brummy twang, he tells me, that uh, his family are accusing him of changing his accent already. But That's he says he feels at home. I mean, he done the, he done the whole... Um, did he do the, the guide round Birmingham? Then a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, pre-villa. Yeah, just done a little walk around. But I think you can tell. He feels at home in the city, don't he? He's been here for a few years. He deliberately chose to live in the city centre. So he was in amongst it, in the thick of the action, that sort of character. I've seen him out and about myself, actually, a couple of times. And yeah, just someone who's embraced. You know, it's, it's difficult. He's moved away from home, left his family back there as well, yeah. lives on his own. So he can be lonely. But what I do like about... Keith is he's got a great friendship with Morrow, Juki. Yeah. Remember the whole banner at, at Amsterdam where they welcomed, when they very welcomed the two of them. Um, and I think they all look out for each other. I remember just after he got the injury, I spoke to Juki and just said, Had you spoken to Keith? How's he doing? He said, Yeah, you know, we're all going to see him actually straight after training. And it's something that Sean Rush alluded to about this group. Yeah. It's when one of them get injured or have a setback, they all rally round. There's that family wolf pack mentality. Um, they all look after each other and rally around each other. So um, yeah, he's he's a fantastic character. I could talk to Keith all day. I love the fact that when he signed, I was having a look this morning, doing a bit of research before we had a chat with him. Um, when he signed, he said he didn't know much about Birmingham City mm. as a club. He didn't know much about Birmingham as a city. But mm. yeah, from talking to him there, I mean, he is a brummy, isn't he? Yeah, Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we, I think we asked him actually again after the awards. Does he feel at home? And he gets this big smile and I think he feels like this is his city now and he yeah. wouldn't move and he feels quite happy here. Um, you know, he left Groningen after captaining them, scoring in that season where they went and won their first major trophy. It's a big decision to move away from his native Holland to to leave, come to the club. And like you say, you know what you're going to get with Michael Kifton Bell as a player. You know I think he by his own admission, he's not going to grab games with a scruff of the neck and start spraying passes all over the place. But as a destroyer, as a ratter, as someone who's in there and will put the pressure on and go and close players down and give the game a lift. You know, you think back to when, I've alluded to him already in this podcast, but games would be would be heading towards a nil-nil with a zero action atmosphere yeah. or, you know, it needed igniting. And Robbie Savage would chase a lost cause down, win a th- meaningless throw-in, kick someone, and that was just, the torch paper was lit and yeah. the stadium would go up and then you could go on to win a game or draw a game you were losing. I think Keith's got a similar sort of qualities to him. Yeah, very you know, much so. In a couple of the montages this year, you know, we've looked at each other and, oh, did you make sure that you put that one in where he goes flying in yeah. on so-and-so? Uh, it just gives you those little moments 
that football fans love to see, and I love to see him go flying in and tackle. Sometimes you wince because you think, well, he's, once he's made his mind up, he's gone. He's going in. He's like a train, and uh, you think he's not going to make it, and there's the yellow card. Um, great guy, great player, big asset to the club. That goal at Derby and the one at Ipswich, like six days later, or yeah. whatever it was. Yeah, it's, I think he scored three within ten days. In the month, yeah. So he was up for player of the month. Just lost out to Abel Hernandez, I think, at Hull. Yeah. Um, but yeah, two incredible volleys. He don't score poor goals other than the Preston one this year. No, but even that was error. technically he, from range. Yeah, so. yeah. If you put in the right up, it's a forty-five yarder. Um, but yeah, that volley was phenomenal, and um, he like, he's got what he's done one pre-season against Brighton actually. Yeah, he either scores fantastic goals, and he does have a go. He lines them up. I think one in twenty end up going in, but he backs himself from range. Old Keith, it's fair play to him. I think it's worth that one in 20. I mean, one, to have the shot from range is going to get the fans up anyway, I think, and, you know, encourage the players around you. But when it does come off yeah. in the scenes, I, I was in that away end at Derby <laughs> when he scored that volley. I don't think I'm going to forget them for a very, very long time. Caught that sweet as you like, didn't he? Just dropped, watched it come down from the sky and absolutely lashed it. What a game that was as well, by the way. Yeah. Stephen Gleeson with the cross. Yeah. That found its way into the top corner. Yeah. yeah Just to yeah. go down memory lane a little bit. I know, yeah. That's right, though. But talking of Derby, one of the two sides in the playoff final now. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, we, we didn't play them too long ago, did we, down no. here? No, a decent two all draw where it looked like we could have got the three points as well. Yeah, you wouldn't. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have thought after that draw. You know, I remember gauging their mood in the tunnel afterwards, and they were cut a little frustrated. I know they had games in hand. I think at the time they had to play midweek, um, but I didn't have them down as a side who go on the run that they did and snatch that sixth place and then beat Leeds over two legs. Um, but could do with them doing us a favour now, couldn't they? Well, Derby had all the answers in that playoff semi-final against Leeds, and this is a segue and a half. Let's find out who has all the answers this week for quick-fire questions. The Blues Talk Podcast. Okay, we are here at the Trillion Trophy Training Centre with Dave Hunt, part of the award-nominated medical staff here at the Blues. Quick-fire questions time. Dave, we start with what music do you listen to before games? Whatever the players put on. Mm. Snapchat story or Instagram stories? Instagram all day. Karaoke song? Oh, um, I do like Bohemian Rhapsody or a little bit of Limp Biscuit. The mood <laughs> takes it. There you go. Wow. Which country produces the best food, in your opinion? I am going to say Italy. Mm. Have you got a middle name? Thomas. Normal. Ho- ideal holiday destination? I'm a family man now, so probably Florida, Disney. Nice. Favourite TV series? Oh, Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, what would you order from a coffee shop? I would go, depending on the time of year, um, I do like an eggnog latte at Christmas, <laughs> oh, no. uh, and any other time of year, it's going to be a, the lads are going to kill me if they hear this, it's going to be a cappuccino with soy milk. He's <laughs> oh, a soy boy. Best goal you've seen on the pitch? There's been a few over the years. Um, Michael Keefton Bell's 70-yard special that trickled in. Against Preston. Against Preston. Have you met your sporting hero and who is it? Um, no, I haven't, I don't think. Um, as a kid, really loved Paolo Maldini. Mm-hmm. Um, never met him. No. I can't think of another one off the top of my head who I'd no. really, really be desperate to meet, if I'm being honest. No, that's okay. I've met Nicola Ziggic, so I'm all right. <laughs> uh, what instruction do you give to your barbers when you're going to get your hair cut? <laughs> the usual. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you got a cheap meal or a dirty meal? Um, it's pretty much every meal at the moment, if I'm being honest. So, <laughs> American sports, so NBA, NFL or Major League Baseball, do you follow a team or do you not care? Um, NFL. 
really like the Cleveland Browns. Uh, can you play a musical instrument? Um, no. Hmm. One person dead or alive you'd invite to a dinner party? Oh, Tyson Fury would be comedy value. Would. Good shout. If the whole squad had a Royal Rumble, who would be left in the ring at the end? Well, I would say um, Mark Roberts is a big old boy. Um, I'd pretty much be behind him the whole way, if I'm being honest. Uh, most played song or album? For me, oh, it is an eclectic mix of everything. Yeah. Anything the lads don't listen to, basically. Okay. Have you got any tattoos? No comment. <laughs> oh, wow. What, student, what type of student were you at school? Um... Obviously very studious. Clearly. Um, do you... What's on your bucket list? Um, bucket list. Uh, I've never been to New York. Would like to go to New York. I've never been to Australia. Would love to go to Australia. Mm. Are you addicted to anything? Um, caffeine and coffee. Yeah. What are you most afraid of? Probably, as silly as it sounds, not being able to maybe exercise anymore. Favourite city other than Birmingham? Um, other than Birmingham, I really like San Francisco. What's the best way to eat chicken? So what part of the chicken and how do you have it flavoured? Um, I kind of like the, the, the dark meat, so I like the legs, thighs. Um, if you go into Nando's, I'm a bit of a medium boy. Mm. Uh, what are your thoughts on fishing? Um, n- no. <laughs> and have you ever read a book cover to cover and what are they? Yeah, I have a few. Um, probably the best one was um, the Tyler Hamilton one. Um, detailing all about the Lance Armstrong um, doping scandal. That was really interesting. Um, That was a while ago, but that's probably the best one that I've read, yeah. More interesting than I thought, Dave Hunt. Thank you very much. The Blues Talk Podcast with Dale Moon and Callum Denning. Fantastic edition of quick-fire questions there, as always, on this podcast. They just throw up some some weird and wonderful answers, don't they? Some of the stuff we've heard this season. I think JP's has been been the worst. I think they were... can Co- always rely Coke- on JP. Cokney was a family pet's name. That's not even a word. I'm trying to work out where it's come from, though. Cokney. Is it like someone from what East was it, London who or a horse? isn't a fan of Pepsi or what? I not. I have no idea. I've never even heard of that word, but it sums that bloke up. All right, he's made it up. And we've also discovered the existence of book club. Yes. This, so so. They do throw up some important little snippet, little golden nuggets of information. Investigative journalism, I think, is the yeah, term. We'll, we'll keep that feature running. Well, speaking of investigative journalism in some kind of way, mm. a couple of big interviews coming up on Blues TV You're so in crazy the next week. Worse. I know they started off quite strong, didn't they, when we launched this? And <laughs> yeah. now I'm I'm just struggling to find any kind of tenuous link. Long we, story short, we're doing some interviews. We are doing some interviews, and we've got a couple lined up. Lucas Jukovic will sit down with Colin Tatum for Blues TV. Duke. The Duke can have a good catch up um, and reflect on what's been a great summer personally and for the team. So that'll be a good one. Always an eloquent talker. The Duke, very That's good. That's me to shame. Yeah, very good. You're just posh. <laughs> uh, and we'll catch up with Steve Seddon, one of the many young players that have gone out on loan, but it's particularly done well, said. First with mm. Stevenage in League Two. Played half the season there. Stepped up then at the turn of the year to join AFC Wimbledon. If they weren't rock bottom, they were one off the bottom spot yeah. in League One. So he made the step up in difficulty and standard. And Sean there as well, 43 appearances this season, six goals to his name, scored some crucial ones for Wimbledon, who performed the great escape and managed to survive in League One on the final day of the season. Uh, they were at Valley Parade. Uh, they were, yeah, they were at Bradford they were, Valley yeah. Parade. And um, yeah, he'll be coming in his, um, at the middle of next week. So we'll hopefully grab that, put that interview up on Blues TV towards the back end of, um, of next week. But he's... Um, 
a great guy, said, great young player, insisted on going out to Wimbledon. He had other options. Mm-hmm. Uh, the manager spoke about uh, this at length, how he wanted to go to a side where he knew he was going to play. He knew he'd have a lot of defending to do. He'd be in the thick of a battle. It'd be no thrills, no disrespect to Wimbledon, but it's no thrills environment, work hard. And um, what a fantastic just experience and learning curve for a young Blues player. That challenge as well, to be involved in a great escape. I mean, it's difficult enough, but if you're a young player going out on loan, to throw yourself mm. into the thick of that, mm. I think, testament to him. Well, well, you could forgive him for going somewhere where it would have been more comfortable and he could have just milled around a mid-table league one club, played a handful of games, enjoyed the experience of going out, living somewhere in the country and everything that comes with young players going out on loan. But he insisted on going to Wimbledon because he knew that it would be a challenge. He'd be right in the thick of it. And I think he's shone and... I think he's a player who now will come back into the fold in pre-season. It'll be interesting to see what they do with Steve Seddon, whether he's the player to put a bit of pressure on uh, Christian Pedersen for that left-back role. You'd imagine he'd at least take a look at him over the summer yeah, uh, and decide where he goes from there. Or whether, like some of the other players, I've no doubt, who are going to go out on loan again and he can get another year experience. But one to look out for, Seds. Blues TV, the place to see all those interviews as soon as they are done, essentially. So, yeah. yeah. Podcast, future podcast planned. Yes, we've got some exciting people lined up. Yeah, hopefully grab some former Blues players. I always find there are different, there's a different tone to former players mm-hmm. and current ones. They have to say the right things, the current squad. But for former players, they dish the dirt on one or two of their teammates and tell the interesting stories you all want to hear. So hopefully grab David Cottrell, Gary McSheffrey, hopefully D. Lady Bowley can come in over the summer. We can get a few questions from Big Dealy. So. Blues TV's own. Yeah, Blues TV's Dili Adibola. Um, so all just little bits of content to keep us going. Of course, there's going to be kit launches, fixture announcement on June mm-hmm. 20th. That will come forward to that. That'll come around quickly as well. Hopefully we have Aston Villa still to play and um, we can all mark our calendar for next season. And yeah, it's uh, so little bits and key dates still to look out for. And then before we know it, the players are back in towards the end of June. Uh, it'll be a pre-season tour. I'm sure it'll go away as well. Plans are being put in place now for that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, still little bits to, to keep us going over the summer. Though, and England, of course, playing. Yeah. Women's international tournaments as well. Yeah. Um, Two of Nations our players League. are going to be there at the Women's World Cup as well. Chloe Arthur and Lucy Staniforth. Very good. Nations League for the men's squad. Just for football fans to have something to look forward to over the summer. And before we know it, we're right back in the thick of things and we're going all over again. We go again. Absolutely. We get Fulham back this year, which I'm happy about. Fantastic away day. Good away day. And the banks of the Thames. So... Right, so this is what we need to work out, actually. Which clubs we have now come back down from the Prem and come up from Who's League One. Up. So what, we've got Fulham, Huddersfield, Cardiff, Premier League. Yeah, Fulham's a good one. Cardiff, always a bit of a nice rivalry with Cardiff. Not a bad stadium to go, but it's a bit of a trek. Um, Huddersfield, yeah, bit meh. It's uh, a day, isn't it? League One, Barnsley. Barnsley, Luton. Luton. Shades of Rowan Vine, 2006-07. Luton. Interesting. Um, Looking forward to that. Isaac Vassell. Yeah. The return of the Vass. Broadcasting from Kenilworth Road. That's my thinking. That's going to be a season. challenge. Yeah. We'll give it a go. Uh, and then obviously the playoffs still to determine whether it's Portsmouth, Cholton. Or Sunderland. Or Sunderland. Where's your money going? Cholton. Lee Bowyer at the helm. I'll go Portsmouth. I think they'll overturn Sunderland. Um so some interesting stadia still. To, I'd hate going to Charlton. It's an absolute trek and a half. 
as opposed wrong to Sunderland. Side of London. Yeah, Sunderland's not horrible, but driving through London, there's no nice way. It's like Crystal Palace. Yeah. There's no great way to get there. Down to South East. It takes you an hour to get out of London. Mm-hmm. So that's a vile one, but Portsmouth would probably be a nice one on the coast in an yeah. August bank holiday. You've got family down there as well, haven't you? Yeah, all on the south coast, so that'd be good. So, um, yeah, a few interesting trips. And who have we lost? Norwich and Ipswich. Treks. Oh, hay fever yep. getting the best Flowers are getting me again. Yeah. Trees. Two absolute treks trees. Norwich <laughs> trees. Sorry, grass. I don't know. Uh, Norwich and Ipswich, gone. So yeah. that's, what, 12 hours saved already this <laughs> yeah. season. Yeah. Um, who else have we lost? Uh, going up, obviously. Um Second place, Sheffield United. Sheffield United, yeah. Love a trip to Sheffield United. That's disappointing. Decent ground, yeah. Uh, we've also lost Bolton going down. Yeah, Rotherham. Rotherham. Nice enough club, Rotherham. Yeah. They were fine with us last year. Yeah. Bolton's still a bit of a mare for me. Nice fans at Rotherham, actually. Loads of them, as we were leaving, wished us luck yeah. for next season, I remember. so. Yeah, seemed all right, Rotherham, yeah. actually. Uh, who else did we lose? Who dropped down from um, the championship? Yeah, so that's the three, isn't it? Rotherham, Ipswich, Ipswich Bolton, Bolton, and then it's between Derby and Aston Villa for promotion. Just the very thought of it makes me sick. I'd quite like a second City Derby next season or two, so... Best of luck to Derby County from all here at Blues Talk. It's the opinion of Dale Moon, <laughs> not an official club line. No, it's definitely my opinion. And on uh, on that note, I think that's it. We haven't actually said our names at any point in this podcast. So, so let's round off. Goodbye's going to be a bit weird. In true Ronnie style. True to Ronnie style. I've been Dal Moon. I've been Callum Denny. And today, it's been Blues Talk. The Blues Talk Podcast.